Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. I've recently moved to Weed, California. It's a small town next to Mount Shasta for work. I'm an avid hiker and love exploring, so naturally, two days ago, I decided to go hike the mountain on one of my days off. Not entirely sure why, but I decided to drive my car very deep into the forest surrounding the base of the mountain, as far as the dirt road would take me anyway. It was around 3pm with a clear sky, so I was pretty confident and enjoying the scenery as I got out of my car and started my hike, heading closer to the mountain. At first, it was your regular everyday hike, lots of birds and squirrels around, that smell of nature that fills your lungs as you walk across the terrain. It really wasn't until I reached a small dried up river that I noticed that something was just off. As I stopped to look at the dried up river and take pictures, I noticed that it was strangely very, very quiet. No birds chirping, no signs of squirrels or any other animals, and... Even the sound of the wind that you would hear when you're on a mountain seemed to be completely gone. At the time, I thought it was just an odd coincidence and started walking up alongside the river. But as I kept walking and being able to only hear my own footsteps, I couldn't shake that feeling that I was being watched. Not the kind of feeling that makes you think someone is outside your window watching you. 
The kind of feeling that makes you feel multiple people or things are observing your every movement, studying you. I've never had that kind of feeling in my life, but what happened after made me completely forget about that feeling. I suddenly started to hear something out of nowhere that sounded like, the only way I can describe it is, angelic humming or maybe a, a song with no lyrics. But it also sounded strangely electric, like the sound telephone lines make. It wasn't very loud, but enough to make me look into the direction that it was coming from. I looked to the other side of the dried up river that had multiple trees and other foliage to see someone or something looking straight at me. It almost looked like a ghost with it looking completely white, but this thing was very clearly there. It almost looked like it was wearing a, a robe, I want to say, but I couldn't see any feet, hands, or even a face. Although it had an oval head, that's for sure. However, I could feel it looking straight at me, almost as if it was trying to remember my every detail or something. And even from that far away, I could tell that its entire body had a, a very weird texture. Almost like porcelain, but if porcelain was a, a silky fabric, it was very obviously not human, whatever it was. I was very understandably in complete shock and terror, frozen in place, kind of scared. We both looked at each other for what felt like forever, but it was most likely around 20 or 30 seconds. I very, very slowly started walking backwards. I don't think I got more than two steps when it sort of tilted its head, as if it was curious or even surprised at what I was doing. All the while, I could still hear that electric angelic humming, and I could have sworn too that it got a little bit louder when I took those steps back. When I turned my head to look behind me to make sure the way was clear so that I could run, the song suddenly just stopped, abruptly without warning. This shocked me and when I turned back to look at the thing, it was gone. No sign of it anywhere. Well, as soon as I saw that it disappeared, I ran as fast as I could following the path that I took back. Even after it had disappeared and while I was running, I could still feel like I was being watched from all sides. I almost tripped a few times due to how fast I was going, but when I got back to my car, sounds of animals and the mountain wind suddenly came back, but I was still scared out of my mind and drove as fast as I could away from that mountain. I've never had anything paranormal happen to me in the past, and I've honestly always been very skeptical of stuff like this, but this experience has left me questioning a lot of things. I don't think that I want to go back to that mountain. I've even had a nightmare about the experience and I'm not even sure what I saw or, to be honest, what to call it. This event happened last week. I was heading to my apartment after seeing a friend. I took the tramway at 11.30pm because I didn't feel comfortable walking at night. And as soon as I sat, a man who was already sitting nearby came and sat in front of me. I got a very strange feeling about this guy, so I told my boyfriend by chat what was going on. Then I stood up to get out of the tram, but the man quickly got out after me. He was weirdly following me, not walking behind me, but sort of next to me. 
I was getting really anxious knowing something was wrong, so I continued to walk to the avenue that I live in. I crossed the road and he didn't, so I thought that I was okay, but a few seconds after he crossed the road too and was walking behind me again. Then he passed me and was walking in front of me, so I thought that I was just getting paranoid and that he was just walking this way too. But near my building, he stopped and waited until I sort of came up to him. He asked me if I had a boyfriend and all I answered was, yes, sorry, good evening, as polite as I could. He proceeded to leave in front of me, so I was walking slower for him to be far enough away from me and to make sure that he didn't know that I was almost home. I turned into the little pathway heading to the lobby of my building, but obviously I was still anxious about this guy, even though he continued to walk. I thought that I had put my keys in my pocket, but they were in my bag, so I was sort of shaking so much that I tried multiple times to grab them, but just couldn't find them. Eventually, though, I did manage to get them out, and I opened the magnetic door, but thought of closing the door immediately after me in case the guy wanted to follow me. The door was closed, but the magnetic system wasn't on yet, and the man suddenly was running towards it and pushed it violently with horrific eyes looking at me. The door is made of glass, so I saw him, and that's when I knew that I was in real trouble. So without even thinking, I screamed as loudly as I could, and I think that's actually what saved my life in the end. Immediately, the guy ran at me, pushed me hard on the ground, and started to choke me really hard. I was too stunned because I wasn't prepared for such a violent assault. While he was choking me, I couldn't scream at all or even breathe, and nobody was coming, so I honestly thought that I was about to die, looking at his bulging eyes staring directly into mine with just pure hate. I am pretty small as well, so I wasn't really able to do anything with my arms at all. I think it wasn't that long, but it felt like a long time, and eventually I lost consciousness for a moment. When I opened my eyes again, he just ran out, and... I saw the caretaker's wife beside me. The caretaker was chasing after this guy but didn't manage to get him. He came back and called the police and thankfully they caught this guy within 10 minutes thanks to our description. I really still don't know why he did that to me as well because when he attacked me he didn't sexually assault me or rob me or anything like that which would have been really easy to do at that point. I can't understand that his only goal was what seemed like to kill me. I'll forever be thankful enough to my caretaker who came to help me and probably saved my life because nobody else in the building called the police or even tried to help. The man was before a judge about three days later and is in jail now but denied everything even if me and the caretaker identified him and that there was even video proof of him following me and everything. I am thankful to be alive after all of this, but it's something that has definitely affected me for the worse. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. 
Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So I'm really not exactly sure what this was, but it sure as heck wasn't the wind or a pipe making noise. This was something that tried to scare me and my partner at the time, and something that physically presented itself, and physically pulled on our clothing and hair. So, this all started when I put together a sofa bed in the spare room at our home. My partner was at work, so after building it, I had nothing better to do than play some games. Our cat was staring down the hallway into the spare room, not exactly unusual, but after some weird behavior from the cat, I thought that I'd have a look. What I can only describe as a black silhouette appeared and vanished within a few seconds. This wasn't actually that scary to be honest, more just surprising I suppose. But a few nights later, me and my partner both sat up after waking up in the dead of the night, as if we were waiting for something. It was as if the walls of the house were screaming a silent warning, just this eerie sense of anticipation for something dreadful. When all of a sudden, a very heavy dragging and clawing of the floor, very slowly, made its way down the hall and toward the bedroom. I was pulled up under the covers. This couldn't have been anything such as a household noise. There was just no way. And the cat was with us on the bed, so it definitely wasn't the cat. We sat there listening, and nothing ever came around the corner into our bedroom, but the sound seemed to stop just outside of the door. Over the next few weeks, strange things would happen too. As previously mentioned, our hair would be pulled. Quick steps would make its way into the kitchen where we were and would come to a halt, as if something would be in the doorway just staring. We would return to the kitchen with every drawer and cupboard open. The big wide mirror in the bedroom would have handprints upside down on the top half of it. The last thing that happened was weeks after the last odd occurrence though. I would sometimes stay up worrying about my partner. This was because they had breathing issues, heart issues, etc. Their breathing would slow down until it entirely stopped, before a massive breath would be taken and the loop would start up again. As I sat listening, and as the breathing slowed to almost a stop, a heavy deep exhale came from behind me, almost horse-like. I later found out that my partner had the same thing happen twice to them and was too worried to tell me. 
The whole series of events isn't the first paranormal thing to happen to either of us, but sure as heck it's definitely the strangest. Whatever it was though, it felt sinister and thankfully it seemed to go away. Visitors would witness too many of the things mentioned and some things smaller not mentioned as well. And I thought that I would give my experience to this community after hearing so many interesting stories here. I did try to get a, a recording of it once, in the dead of the night, to which my cat jumped at me, nearly giving me a heart attack, but thanks for listening, and thankfully, for now, it seems to be over, but if anything does happen again, I would really love to hear what your thoughts are, and what you think I should do about it next time. Thanks. So I'm from Australia and when I was 8 years old, my family lived in a house off the Pacific Highway. It backed off to bushland and had a, quite a large backyard I suppose, but I used to play outside all the time because of this. One day I was outside as usual as well and heard my mum call my name so I ran inside to see what she wanted, hoping that it was lunchtime. When I got there she was busy washing up and she said, where are you off to in a hurry? She had been watching me from the kitchen window, which overlooked the backyard. I said, you called me in. She said that she hadn't called me in though, and that I must have imagined it. I just thought that she was messing with me at first, and said, come on mum, why'd you call on me? She stopped what she was doing, and looked down at me and said, sweetie, I didn't call you. Maybe you just heard the neighbours yelling, and it sounded like me. But I was adamant that it was her. It sounded exactly the same as the hundreds of other times that she called me. I started to get a little bit grumpy at this and said that it was definitely her, but she told me to go back playing and that lunch would be ready soon. This is when I started to cry and demand that she stop messing with me. Suddenly I had her attention and she asked why I was so sure that it was her. I told her the reasoning that it sounded exactly like her. She eventually comforted me and convinced me that it must have just been my imagination. The next week went by as normal as well until one night I awoke to a tapping or a scratching noise. I looked around and when my eyes adjusted to the light I couldn't see anything in my room so I just assumed that it was an animal in the walls or the roof. Possums quite commonly come into the house for warmth and to nest in Australia so I tried to get back to sleep. It went on though for what felt like maybe half an hour so I looked around again and listened closely to the noise and that was when I saw something in my peripherals at my window. I gazed over and saw what to this day still gives me chills. It was a thin figure about two inches wide. It had elongated arms and fingers all black and white eyes. It was tapping on my window while staring at me. I stared at it for a moment, not believing what I was seeing, thinking that I must just be dreaming or something. But for some reason, I just felt like it was toying with me, like it was saying, I'm coming to get you. Fear took over at that point. I stuffed my hand under the blankets, and I screamed as loudly as I could for my mum. I didn't stop screaming as well and didn't hear my mum come in, and when she grabbed the blanket to see what was wrong, I jumped back thinking that whatever the heck was outside, my window had somehow got in. She asked me in a frantic sort of way what was wrong. I pointed over to the window and said that, but it was gone and she asked me what it was. 
I explained what I had saw, slowly as I was trembling and could barely get the words out to describe it. She said that I could come and sleep in her room. I didn't get any sleep that night, nor the next few nights afterwards. I can still see the image in my mind as well as clear as the night that it happened 18 years ago. It has made me afraid of the dark and to this day I still sleep with the lights or the TV on. I've tried to rationalize it, I've tried to find answers in paranormal sightings, folklore or dreamtime stories here. I thought I actually found the answer about five years ago when I learned about Mimi spirits. They resembled what I saw at first until... I read it and it discussed with elders that they're sort of small and shy and are in no way harmful. Apparently they look after the land and don't like interacting with other beings so obviously I crossed that off the list as a possibility and to this day I still have no idea what it was but I have a feeling that it was the thing that called my name that time mimicking my mother's voice. It's obviously made me think that it's much like a skinwalker. However, we really don't have any tales of those in Australia. The closest thing to that here is the Bunyip, a shapeshifter that lives in billabongs and attacks passing travellers. And well, there's just no bodies of water nearby, so I also cross that off. Obviously, I thought that maybe it was all in my head, that my mother was right and it was just my imagination. Yet still, the image is so strongly imprinted in my mind, as is the voice... To be completely honest though, I still have no idea if it was real or if it was something trying to lure me away or what it was. What I do know though is that I will remember it until the day that I die. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In July of 2019, I was leaving a co-worker or a friend's house a 4th of July party. It was about 10.45pm. It was me, a 36-year-old female, my husband, 54-year-old male, and our then 9-year-old daughter. It was in a town about 45 minutes drive from home, mostly down country roads that I didn't know, so I was using my GPS. Now, this area of town basically rolls up the streets, so to speak, at 5 so the roads were mostly deserted with only a few cars passing every now and then and absolutely no cars in front of or behind us. When all of a sudden this very dark vehicle, I think it was a hunter green or maybe a dark grey, pulls up behind us and starts to tailgate my car. I don't normally speed more than 5 to 6 miles per hour over the speed limit so someone tailgating me is not really unusual I suppose. 
The longest stretch of this two-lane road before being able to hit the highway was a sort of winding tree-lined road. There was this big curve in the road, almost a hairpin turn that was not a sharp. So you could almost see a mile in the distance from where you entered that section of the road to where you came out of it. And there were no turn-offs, no shoulders to stop on, nothing. Just road and trees. When I entered the huge curve, the car was still right on my tail. Not flashing, not weaving, not using the horn or anything, just still following right on my tail. So, all of a sudden, I look in the rearview mirror and the headlights from the car that was tailgating me were gone. I didn't see any parking or marker lights. I didn't see any tail lights. I looked back as far as I could see and I couldn't see that car anywhere. I mentioned this to my husband and he started looking around behind us and didn't see them anymore. They were just gone. Again, there was just nowhere at all to stop and turn around or turn off or anything. I quickly turned my attention to the directions on my GPS and forgot about that car though. And about a half a mile after the huge curve in the road, there was a stop sign where I had to take a left onto the road that leads to the highway and closer to civilization. When I stopped at the stop sign, there were no cars coming or going in either direction. But just as I was about to hit the gas and make my left turn, there was a, a knock near my back driver's side window. I looked on my side mirror but didn't see anything. I heard another knocking sound close to the same spot but more in the middle of the car and not quite on the window now. My husband started turning to look back and I asked my daughter if she saw anything but neither of them did. So I said, oh well, guess we're just hearing things. And I made the left hand turn and kept on going. But as I made my left turn, I glanced back at the entrance to that road one more time and... There were a pair of headlights lighting up the road right where my car had just sat and two people, I was too far away to make out details, were returning to the dark colored vehicle that I had seen before. Now I can't say this for sure but I'm almost positive that had I opened my window or door to find the source of the knocking, something horrible would have happened to my family and myself that night. So I, a 27-year-old female, went backpacking alone over the recent long weekend, which was 10 out of 10 beautiful. The second night, I camped at a beautiful high elevation lake, which could also be accessed by a short sort of one-mile trail, so there were a few other campers and several people who were just day hiking or fishing. It was late afternoon and I was sitting around my camp reading when a guy, maybe mid-20s, walked by carrying a fishing pole and a small cooler. I didn't think much of it, but maybe five or ten minutes later, he doubled back and came and said hi. I said hi and went back to reading, but then without warning, he then sat down on a stump next to me. I was completely taken aback at this invasion of my space. He started asking me questions that were really just statements, but in a sort of creepy amused tone, like, so you're just reading sort of thing, and then looked behind me and noticed my tent and said, Oh, you're staying the night here alone, huh? I didn't say anything in response to this in particular, but it was pretty obvious that I am. It's hard to explain, but his vibe was just really off. I was so uncomfortable that I couldn't even really form words or tell him that I was trying to be alone to get him to leave. 
I was honestly paralyzed. His eyes were so dead and dark and just drilling into me. I just responded with like a huzz or yep or something to that effect and just tried to pretend that I was still reading. Without warning too, he pulls out and cracks a beer and lights a cigarette and just starts blowing it at me. At this point, I'm so uncomfortable that I just stop responding. Soon, another hiker wandered by and strikes up a conversation with this guy. And I took the opportunity to grab my water filter and bladder and pretend to need to get some water. I went to the shore and filtered some water, super slowly, and saw him walk away to go sit with this new guy, which made me super relieved. Except that he kept looking in my direction. I came back eventually and got inside my tent, and for 20 minutes everything was fine. I had the rain fly pulled back and was watching the sunset and loosely organizing my things when he sort of popped out from behind my tent and stood maybe one foot from my door, just looking down at me. He didn't say anything, but just started laughing really creepily, sort of fakely again. I asked, what? And his response was, this is just really funny. I felt literally sick to my stomach and finally responded with something like, I'm taking a nap now, so have a good night. He laughed again, but luckily left. Later, I saw him still wandering around the camp with no real purpose, still looking in my direction often. I had no service, but I wrote down his last name, at least what was written on his cooler, and where he said that he was from while talking to other hikers in my notes app, just in case, and I slept with my pocket knife close as well. I debated leaving camp that night, but ended up staying and just leaving super early in the morning in case he came back. Now, normally while backpacking, I think the worst thing that could happen is I might run into a bear or sprain an ankle or something, and, and maybe this seems not that terrible as you're listening to it, but this truly was the most unsettling experience I've ever had in the backcountry. I don't know what this guy's deal was, but there was something really off about him. I'm sure that I'll be back out soon, but hopefully somewhere far away from that guy. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This happened about eight years ago in August of 2013. I was camping in far north Queensland, Australia in a place called Barron Falls, which is northwest of Cairns. I, a 21-year-old girl, was camping with my two male friends, who were backpacking from Estonia, Theo and Charlie. But where we set up camp was not an official campsite. Rather, we walked along the tourist path, climbed over a railing, followed a train track for a few kilometers, and eventually veered off onto the Nance Forest, downhill to a river. It certainly wasn't easy to get to this area and there wasn't any mobile phone service but Theo knew about it from friends who had shown him previously. The site was beautiful. We were surrounded by a tropical forest and were only a short walk upstream from the waterfall. 
After setting up camp, we walked to the waterfall where both Theo and Charlie plunged from the cliff into the water below. I decided not to follow. I was and still am scared of heights and the possibility of hurting myself just wasn't alluring. I sat and watched them for a while before eventually decided to return to camp and read my book. I was totally relaxed too, enjoying the serenity, taking in the beauty around me. What had been an exciting, adventurous day was then interrupted though by a deep sinister laughing coming from the forest surrounding our campsite. Instantly alerted, I felt chills run through my body as I scanned the forest trying to detect where the laughter had come from, but there was nothing. I sort of tried to forget about it, convincing myself that my mind must have been playing tricks on me. Theo and Charlie returned and told me that they had forgotten fire lighters for the campfire. They said that they would need to travel to the nearest store to buy some and that I should wait at camp. I told them that I didn't feel comfortable staying at the camp but didn't mention the laughter that I'd heard before. I didn't want them to think that I was stupid or, for context, at the time I had quite a large crush on Charlie. Stupidly, I wanted him to think that I was cool. They told me that it would be fine and that they would be back before dark. So, reluctantly, I agreed and let them go. It was about 4pm now and I continued reading my book. I began to think back about it and I realized that the walk back to the car was maybe about 20 or 30 minutes so they would be gone for well over an hour. At this time of year, dusk would be at 5.30 or maybe a little bit after that and I would therefore likely be alone in this remote area in the dark. I distracted myself with my book but as dusk began to settle I struggled to read the pages and fear began to set in. After about an hour as well, I swear that I could hear footsteps in the forest. My first thought was that Theo and Charlie had returned and I was instantly relieved that I was no longer alone. I listened for their voices but heard nothing. At that, my heart dropped because it dawned on me that it may not be them. I started to panic. Then came the laughter, the same deep sinister laughter that I'd heard before. Only this time, it seemed much closer. I sprang to my feet and surveyed the forest. And that was when I saw him. He was standing on the other side of the stream which was connected to the river, standing on a log. And what I saw was absolutely bizarre. He was wearing a, an immaculate tuxedo with a top hat and everything. I remember being puzzled as to how he was able to get to this area in such clean formal clothes. And I at first thought maybe he was an apparition or that I was hallucinating or something. I did a double take and I wasn't. I then studied the man's face. It's hard to describe but he appeared to have suffered from severe burns and had deep scarring covering his face. His hair was shoulder length, very wiry and unkempt. He laughed, that same laugh that I'd heard from the forest. It had definitely come from him. We stared at each other for what felt like minutes. I'd planned to sprint into the forest if he charged at me and observe that small creek between us would at least slow him down. He then asked, what are you doing here, all alone? With a really unsettling smile on his face. Luckily, I was able to remain calm and told him that I was camping with my male friends and that they went to get some supplies but would be back soon. The man laughed again. 
He asked me how long we would be there for, and I lied and said that we were leaving the next day. It seemed as if this man wanted to provoke a reaction out of me or something, that he wanted me to panic and run, and that he wanted to chase me. But I remained calm and acted as if we were having a standard conversation, and I think this confused him. Miraculously, I heard Theo and Charlie's voices approaching. The man seemed alarmed at this and said that he saw somebody else camping upstream and that he was going to check on them. He left, and minutes later, Theo and Charlie returned. I immediately told them what happened, and they laughed and thought that I was making it up, that it was a lame attempt to scare them. Tears began to gather in my eyes, and Charlie realized that I was serious. Theo didn't seem phased. He was a very stereotypical backpacker and had the carefree nature travelers tend to have. Charlie, however, assured me that I would be okay and had me sleep between him and Theo for the next two nights. I barely slept at all for those nights. I kept listening for the laughter, but fortunately, I never heard it again. For years after, I searched online for any reports of similar encounters, and I never found anything. But I've always contemplated well, what would have happened if Theo and Charlie hadn't returned at that moment. Uh, I shudder at the thought. I would love to hear what you guys think about this man's intentions and if I was right to be terrified. I haven't been camping since and I don't plan on going again, which maybe that's the really sad part about this whole story is that it just ruined camping for me. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.